If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. Hey, what's up, man? It's the coolest kid in Africa, nasty scene. I just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastard. Every blessing that I pray for fell right down to me. Stress free, I'm moving. All right, y'all. So we have the Nasty C. You know, we got to have a grand introduction for mm -hmm. you. <laughs> How are you feeling today? I feel good. I feel good. Can't complain. Okay, so we got to go back to the brunch because we was talking about that before the interview. Right, so right. you have been in Atlanta for a couple mm -hmm. days. Yeah. How has it been for you? It's been amazing, man. It's been dope. Um, I got to connect and link up with a lot of people out here. People really love to network out here. We were just saying everyone just wants to do brunch and shit and like talk. Um, it's just really, really been dope, you know? I've been getting like a lot of positive feedback and good energy from people, you know? And you actually live in South Africa, so I kind of want to take it back a little bit. Yeah. Um, so what was it like for you growing up in South Africa? Um, it was cool, nothing too crazy, you know. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really do too much. Like, I just went from school back home. Uh, if I wasn't like playing soccer, just in the streets with my friends, it's probably just making music, like on my computer, something like that. You know what I mean? It's cool, man. It's cool. Now, getting into the music, how would you say the South African music scene has shifted since your parents' generation until now? Um, it's definitely grown in terms of like being able to make money out of it and, and like sustaining a good career. Um, it's definitely way more opportunities now. It's easier to get in. Um, it's easier to understand. Not a lot of people are just getting trapped into like contracts and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, way more hip also, I guess. It's cooler now. We made it cool, yeah. So like, I know y'all's parents be a little strict. Yeah. <laughs> so are they more accepting of like, say, you tell your parents, I want to be a rapper. Are they more accepting of that than they would be like back in the day? I guess now they are. Now they are. Well, with my parents, they weren't so accepting like in the beginning, but then as soon as the money started coming in, they were like a little open to it. But everyone else's, uh, everyone else's parents seem to be cool right now. Cause I'm seeing like a lot of, 16, 17 year old rappers were just like being allowed to drop out of school. So I guess, I guess they are now. Yeah, I guess. Oh, it's the whole way. But you know, parents yeah. are like that though. Like when they see you bringing in the money, yeah. they cool. That's yeah, all they be worried about. Yeah. <laughs> now, who would you say were some prominent, mu prominent musicians in South Africa that really impacted within the culture of music there? Um, as far as hip hop goes, definitely people like AKA, uh, through me from the volume, who now goes by Stokely T. It's people like the Liz, Casper um, Yvest, 
And then as far as just like music in general, like house music and stuff like that, Black Coffee's like at the forefront of all of it, you know, pretty much. Now, as a big fan of house music, I love the hell out of house music. Yeah. When I heard that you got to have a big house music scene out there, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Since I know that it's such a huge thing out there, um, how would you describe the music scene? Um, like in comparison to what it is up here? Well, the house music scene, yes. Oh, house music scene. Well, I wouldn't really know much about it because I'm not in the house music scene, but from the outside looking in, like it had its like its crazy moments. Um, a couple years ago, I say about four years ago, four or five years ago, it was like really doing well. Right now, we have like a variant of house music that's kind of like leading the wave. It's called uh, I'm a piano. It's pretty much like house music, but it's like slowed down a bit, and I guess the dance is a little different. Um, but it's I, I consider it to be like a a little bit of like house music in it, you know. And that's right now going crazy. Like it's it's viral. So outside of the house music scene, what other styles are coming out of South Africa right now? So, okay, if I, if I would mention Amapiano as its own genre, it'll be Amapiano, there's Guaito, there's, um, we have a, a small but like very dope R&B scene, hip hop scene, gospel goes crazy in SA, I, I feel like gospel makes the most money in, in, in South Africa also, which is crazy, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but well, pretty much yeah. Those those five genres. I guess. Now going back to the gospel, what gospel artists are like really doing their thing? <clears throat> There's a, we have like legendary um, gospel artists. Some of them have passed on. Like you get people like um, Rebecca Malope, Sfisolana. Uh, um, There's a lot of them. I'm not so into gospel like that, so I don't know most of their names. But I, I know them like from my parents just playing their music growing up like a lot. So how would you describe your style then? Um, so from listening to like T.I. and Lil Wayne and Busta Rhymes and Slaughterhouse like a lot growing up, I, I took inspiration from all of them and just from making music all the time, I guess I just kind of developed or kind of found a pocket that I felt most comfortable in, like making music, you know what I mean? That's, how, that's pretty much how it happened. So here in the States, you know, we normally play Afrobeats. Mm -hmm. And your sound is really different from the Afrobeats. So in your perspective, what would you say would be the difference between your sounds and Afrobeats? I make hip hop. That's a whole nother genre. I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> yeah, it's completely different from Afrobeats. Yeah. And how were you able to develop your distinct sound? Um, see, I'm the type of artist, I don't really look at myself as somebody who has a, a specific sound that he has to stick to and this and that. I really just make music that I, I like to listen to, especially in that moment. So if I'm in a very trappy moment, like, and I feel like it's all I've been listening to for the past couple months, I'm gonna make, like, I'm gonna make a couple trap songs. But, um, yeah, it really just goes off of how I'm feeling at the time in the studio and, and, and all that. You know, if I feel like making a love song that sounds like black and white, which is a bit more closer to like R&B than it is hip hop, then that's what I'll do. I don't really like to put myself in no, no box or nothing like that. And I feel like you just really make your own rules. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> how are you able to really navigate making your own rules into the industry? Um, I kind of just came in this way, you know? Because when I when I like took off in SA, it wasn't 
I mean, there was a there was a few rappers that had made it rapping in English and and making like commercial hip hop, so to say. But it wasn't really like a normal thing. People still would try to change you and try to make you rap like in Zulu or whatever your home language is, and try to get you to to incorporate that in your sound or whatever. So I was always just one of those people who was just like rebellious. I was just always like, yo, this is what I listen to. The people I listen to sound like this, so this is why I sound like this, and I'm not gonna change it because this is what makes me happy. So I kind of just came in the game that way. Like I, I was just like did shit my own way, pretty much. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Now, how exactly did your rap career start? Um, I think it started, so I have been rapping since nine years old, right? But it really started to pick up when I was like 17 going on to 18. I dropped a song called Juice Back, which uh, kind of went viral. It took off and started playing on radio, started playing on TV also. It was playing like four times a day, just on one station on TV. And um, so then I started to get bookings, a lot of radio interviews, collaborations with like bigger artists than me. And that's kind of how I got exposed like to, to the rest of the market. What did your journey look like going from an unsigned artist to a signed artist? Um, so at first I had, I had a, a manager slash record label camp partner situation. Um, me, me, and me, and a guy I used to work with had like this little camp, um, and I was kind of like we were running it and and signing people without really signing, but like signing people, getting people under our wing type thing. So I was always used to the idea of of being with the camp or being a part of like people that own a camp or stuff, stuff like that. So when it was time for me to sign, it wasn't really anything bizarre, anything crazy or life-changing or anything like that. It was just, I just felt like we took our camp and we, we went underneath someone else's camp with like a bigger reach, better resources, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So it was cool, it was cool. Now, I was reading your bio and you stated in there, I signed deals, but I own my soul. Yeah. Please elaborate that statement. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, shit, that just means, it just means I sign deals. I make good uh, uh, business deals, but I don't let it change me or the person I am um, or the way I work or, or nothing like that, you know? I don't, I don't get too carried away and become this image that whatever, whatever they think I'm going to become. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people sign and they change completely and they start to get out of touch with like their, their true core fan base. I'm not that type of dude. Like I'm, I'm still me. I love that. So, you know, like with music and just the industry in general, it's very influential and you could get sucked into like a rabbit hole. Yeah. And I really love the fact that no matter what, you manage to like stand out yeah. regardless. Got to. Got to, man. It's very important. And going back into your journey, what would you say were some challenges that you had to face along the way? I don't really have that many challenges, to be honest with you. Um, as far as my music goes, I mean, it took its own time and, and everything worked out in its own pace. I never looked at it as a delay or that my, my, my shit didn't work out as quick as anybody else's. I never really compared my career to anyone else's, so. I don't know if I had challenges per se, but um, 
I did have like people back at home, like what I just said earlier, that, that tried to change my sound or tried to have me rap in Zulu or they questioned the fact that I never rap in my own language, which was never really a challenge to me because I was always just like, no, I'm not doing it. I do it when I want to do it, you know? So it wasn't a challenge even. Never and, really had challenges. And you know what? I was going to ask you that because I have that question in here too. I was yeah. definitely going to ask you, have you ever felt the pressure to carry that sound of South Africa within nah. your music? Nah, 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 nah. I feel like my music, I take my, my music as like a personal thing. You know, I'm expressing myself. So I express myself however I choose to. I'm not going to let anyone dictate how I should do that, you know? But it was always in my plans to, to do like a couple verses in Zulu. I used to do this before I even got famous, you know? But I just always did it every now and then, just like having fun with it, you know? So I did it, but it wasn't because of what people said. I did it because I wanted to do it type thing. And being that you were on the other side of the country, how were you able to really establish a fan base in the U.S.? Uh, shit like social media made it easier. A lot of, oh, that rhyme, that was dope. Um, yeah, a lot of artists like reached out to me for, for songs and features and a, and a lot of artists that came to South Africa for shows, like we met and, and we exchanged contacts from there onwards and then it kind of just grew like that, you know, as we put out these songs or we tag each other in stories and shit like that, we exchange fan bases and that's just like, that's how it, it, it starts out and then it builds from like me coming to the States, making a couple of visits out here, doing these um, media junkets, doing interviews, you know, stuff like that really helps out too. You know, that's pretty much how we did it. And then of course, like when we picked up uh, Dev Jam, shit just kind of went quicker, you know? Would you say you have a bigger fan base in South Africa <clears throat> or the US? Definitely in South Africa, without a question. Definitely South Africa. I'm still like bu building my, uh, my foundation out here, still like building a little fan base, people that'll stick with me, you know what I mean? Now, when it comes to your music, I can tell that it's way deeper than just making music, putting it out for your fans to like, you okay. really make it and you really enjoy the artistry of it. Yeah. So how would you describe the artistry within your music? <clears throat> um, I would say it's really expressive, you know, um, I like to I like to make I like to make my music feel like an experience. Like when you listen to it, I need to I, I'm trying to like drag you out of wherever you are and throw you into my world type shit. So like that's why I put a lot of time into my music and even just like my writing process is a little different from everyone else's. That's how I look at it. You know, it's a, it's an extension of who I am as a person. So it, it has to be special every time. And when it comes to writing your music, where would you say you get your inspiration from? From like real life events, you know, shit that I've been through, um, shit that my friends have been through, shit that I see on a daily. Um, yeah, really, stuff like that. So I really want to get into your recent project, Zulu Man. Man, yeah. we got to talk about the creative process. What was that like for you? Um, it was dope, man. It was a, it was a crazy journey because um, by the time I was getting close to wrapping up the album, like the making of the album, that's when COVID hit. So, yeah, it was like a lot of a lot of stuff changed, and I had to adjust to that, you know. But it was it was dope um, because it just gave me more time to sit with my music and really go through it and go over it a thousand times over, and fix whatever I felt like needed to be fixed, but also just like get some new um, inspiration, really. But it was dope, man. I really, I really enjoyed making that album. 
really. It's a whole lot of different vibes in there. You get your trap vibe in there, R&B vibes in there, um, a bit more cultural vibes in there, stuff that um, I took influence or inspiration from like my actual culture, like how we make music, like Zulu people. So that's also incorporated in there. It was really a lot of fun to make, man. Really, yeah. And how long would you say this project took to come together? I have a couple songs on there that are like two or three years old. So I don't know if I should say I started making it then, but I think from the time I, I, I went, okay, cool, I'm in album mode now. I think it took me like roughly a year or just under a year, something like that. And as you were creating Zulu Man, what, were you, what would you say were like the different emotions that you would feel within your songs? Love, um, heartbreak, uh, forgiveness. I remember this one song I made for my father. Me and my father never used to really like get along like that because of my choice of career. But at the end, things came around and we started to speak more and stuff like that and see eye to eye. So you get a sense of forgiveness in there. Um, sense of regret also a little bit. Um, and then just like me just going crazy. Me just being young and going crazy and just like saying a bunch of <laughs> Young and turn. Yeah. yeah. Now, what would you say was the overall inspiration behind your title, Zulu Man? So I had this um, very dope eye-opening conversation with No ID when he came to South Africa and also when I came to LA. Um, and he, um, we spoke a lot about just like music, culture, culture in music, and also just like representing your culture and where you come from in your music, but also making it your, your, your own, making it your own pretty much, you know what I mean? Like representing however you feel comfortable doing it and putting your own little twist and sauce to it. And he made a couple references, people like Snoop Dogg. Um, he spoke about how he was able to bring the West Coast culture into New York a place where people normally wore like uh, baggy clothes and Tims and stuff like that and all black. He brought like colors into the scene with like those braids and those dangling things that only girls <laughs> used to wear and ride bikes and stuff like that. But he made it cool, you know? So I was like, okay, cool. Since I'm taking this um, global leap right now from being just like an African artist to being like a global artist, I would want for my first project to have a bit of my, 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 uh, my culture in it so that people that hear about me for the first time immediately know what I am, where I come from, and what I represent. So I was like, okay, cool. If this is going to be my first international album, a global album, I wanted to have Zulu somewhere in it. So I was like, Zulu man, with some power. And even within the artwork as well, yeah. how did y'all come up with the concept for that? I wanted, I wanted to create like a, like a very... How do I put this? Like a very artistic world that that looks beautiful at first glance, but when you look deeper, you kind of see like its evils and its vices and stuff like that, but still have like the Zulu, like a, a bit of the Zulu culture in it. So you see the, the shield, the warrior shield and the, and the spear. And I'm wearing like the Zulu headband. It's called the Mclaren in our language. Um, yeah, but I'm like standing in this very unrealistic, beautiful land, you know? It looks magical. Oh my God, could you get into the Zulu culture a little bit? Uh huh. Yes, like I want to know about more about it. What you want to know about it? I kind of want to know like the origins. I don't, I don't, I don't know like the origins of uh -huh. it. I'm too young to know any of that stuff. Plus, when I grew up, um, 
it was it was like we took a shift from like being very cultural and traditional to being very modern. Like my my parents took us out of like the farms and put us in the city. So I'm not that like clued up about it, but I know um we we have rituals for for different moments in life like girls I think they have is it called the Memule at 21 is that what it's called? Yeah, Memule at 21 pretty much is celebrating um you becoming a woman at 21 and then for guys since I'm part Zulu and part closer closer people um you, you take your son to the mountain to go get circumcised at a certain age and that's when you really become a man and uh so that's like a who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A bit of my culture, too, because my mother's closer than my father's Zulu. But, um, yeah, there's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of um, interesting things about our culture, man. You just have to ask the right questions. I don't know what to say right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And back to the album, Zulu Man. Let's talk about your song, Black and White, mm -hmm. with Ari Lennox. What was the inspiration behind that single? Um, when I made that song, I was actually here in LA. It's my first time in LA when I made that song. And um, it was finished, it was wrapped up, and I went back home. Um, it's just a love song. It's just a, I had a couple of the lines just on my notepad as like an idea, but um, when, when we was in the studio, Jay Kitts played this beat and it felt so like soulful. And um, I just, I finished the song right there and then. And then I went back home and a couple weeks later, they played, I think they, my, my team this side kind of played uh, Ari and her team, my music, and she said she was down to work. So they told me about that. And then I went and did my own research. I listened to some of her stuff and I was like, okay, cool. I got the perfect joint for her. And I sent it to her and she just completely fucking just killed it. Like she, she brought life to the song, in my opinion. That song was actually yeah. how I discovered you. Cause you know, on Apple music, oh, yeah. when you find an artist and then they'll have who they worked with. And I was right, like, oh right. shoot, I've never heard an SEC before. Yeah. So I listened to it and I was like, oh my God, that's chemistry. Like the way y'all yeah. both sounded together. It sounded I, like we were both in studio, but we weren't. I was going to yeah. ask you that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so when it came to Ari Lennox and you first heard her music, were you like, dang, like she's the one for this single? Yeah, she gave me like mad um, Erica Badu vibes. Especially when I got the verse too. I was like, oh man, this is like very soulful. You know, her, her voice is like special, man. Yeah, so I knew, I knew for a fact, like I had to give her something different. I couldn't give her no 808 hard hitting like song. <laughs> I wanted to give her something smooth, you know. And you guys also shot the visual for it as well. I got to watch it. It was uh -huh. so dope. It's already sure. at 2.7 million views, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we shot it in different um, parts of the world. I shot my scenes in Cape Town. She shot hers in, uh, in Philly, if I'm not mistaken. I think. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's dope. Mm -hmm. So did you expect it to go up like that once you got, after you guys got done filming it? Oh yeah, I did, man, because it's a very uh, radio friendly song, you know? So I already knew, I already knew what it was gonna do, really. It could, it could still do a lot of crazy stuff, you know what I mean? Just getting it to the right ears right now, that's what we're doing. Now, how would you describe the song Black and White? Um, so the whole idea behind the concept was like black and white. Like, you know how people say it's as simple as black and white, or you know what I mean? Very clear, very straightforward. So that was the whole idea behind it. It was like, 
Um, it's like you approaching somebody that you have an interest in and you're trying to win over and you're like, um, I know you're going through a lot right now and I know you've been through a lot, hence your heart is like guarded and shit and you don't want to let anybody in like that because you're scared of what might happen. But I promise to take care of you. I promise to keep everything transparent and clear and as simple as straightforward as black and white. I love that. So simple. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and with the Zulu Man Project, what would you say is the message that you wanted your friends to grasp from it? Um, I wanted them to get inspired and motivated to lead a life of confidence and self-belief and understand that they can do whatever they do and um, believe in it 100%, but also importantly, to, to create their own worlds, you know? Like to understand that they're the ones in charge of their, their, their destinies and stuff like that. So you have to create your own world, mix whatever you want to mix in it. Like, just like how I did with my art cover, I mixed a bit of my traditional um, background into it and also my hip hop influence into it. And also just like my artistic side into it. So I wanted people to get that kind of like message from it, you know, to go out there and just be, be a king of your own world, man. And I know this is a fair question to ask, but what is your personal favorite song on that project? I don't have a personal favorite song on there. I don't, I don't lie, it's, it's always so hard. At first it was easy, and then it was um, La Vida Loca. And then it was um, Lose Some, Win Some. And then it was Black and White. And then it was punk. I don't know. I, I don't have one. I say right now, I'm going to say I'm gonna say black and white because that's a leading single right now. So I'm going to say black and white. I love, I love black and white. Actually, I sure. love the whole project. It was very well put Thank together. You. And I can tell that you really took your time on it as well. Thank you. Yeah. And that is super important. For sure. Appreciate it, man. Now, outside of working with Ari Lennox for this year, who are some other artists that we can be on the lookout for that you worked with? Uh, hmm. I don't want to say because just in case it doesn't come out as yeah. soon as I would like it for it to come out. But I definitely made a lot of good connections, man, especially while I was out here. But also just like a lot of people reached out to me um, over like Instagram and stuff. Uh, like pretty cool, very famous people. So like this side. And can also. we expect some more visuals this year? Yes, of course. Of course. I just shot a video right now for... Um, this song called Jack, it's like a little promo song. So that's pretty, it's gonna come out soon. Now you know that the world is slowly opening back up. Can we expect to see you at some festivals, some tours? Yes, yes. Um, I have to get my papers in order to be able to make money this side, but uh, definitely looking forward to that, man. And you actually toured like international as well. Yeah. How's them international tours? I know they're crazy. It's dope, man. It's dope because um, a lot of the time it'll be like a lot of people from back at home who have never seen me perform because they always just stayed in like Germany or these other places and they, they study there. So by the time I go there, they have like they have like two albums worth of music from me that they've always just been listening to and never really seen me perform. So they were just like ready. It's, it's dope. It's amazing, man. Yes, so before we wrap up, you can shout out your home team. Oh, yeah. Shout out my home team. Your home team, yes, your people, your, your squad. They, they right here, what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, man. Now, I'm going to just say shout out to everyone who's um, welcomed me in, in Atlanta. So everybody's kind of just been giving me very good vibes, very good energy, and 
Um, their hospitality has been nothing short of amazing. So shout out to you guys. Thank you guys for also hosting me right now. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to be back, man. Every blessing that I pray for fell right down onto me. Stress free, I'm moving. Stress free, I'm moving. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.